of 90s teen horror. I'm Kirsty Logan and with me is my co-host Heather Parry. Hey Kirsty. Hi Heather. Hello. Uh, today we're revisiting 1994's The Witness by teen horror superstar R.L. Stein, who I will say is referred to as Bob in the bio, which really takes away a lot of his mystery. Bob Stein. Bob Stein and his dog Kip. Mm. <laughs> Awful. He's like a, one of those early reader books. Biff and Chip. Bob writes books. And Bob. Bob. <laughs> Bob does horror. See Bob go. Run, Bob, run. That's what his books are like. <laughs> meow. <Well>, meow. <laughs> um, the tagline to this is, I know what you did. And Kirsty, why don't you describe the cover to us? So this cover, I actually think it's quite a good cover. So um, it's got a hand grasping desperately at the sky and it's all wrapped around with seaweed and there's a crab coming off it and a little shell and there's a kind of a red sea a blood red sea and a little bit of marsh grass um i think it's quite good it's a good cover but it's not thematically appropriate no it doesn't really make sense no i feel like it's generic cover that they've just slapped on it and it would have been more appropriate for last week's podcast where we covered the lifeguard yeah it would actually not so much now because it's not really there's no seaweed there's no crabs as a plot point it's not really a grasping hand well i can kind of see that but anyway Anyway. the cover might fool you into thinking it's uh, creepier than it is and let me... Well, we'll not say our opinions just yet. <laughs> okay, I'll say let's, that. <laughs> let's try and save those opinions. Um, so, The Witness begins with two friends, Roxy Nelson and Ursula Nordkist. Um, Do you think that she is Scandinavian? Uh, I think she might be. <laughs> she is, in fact, described as a graceful, blonde, Norwegian snow princess. Oh, there we go. There we go. Um... Is that racism? (laughs) Well, speaking of race, I find this book the whitest white book that I've ever read. Because, so this is what Ursula has that's white. She's got white blonde hair. She's got white socks, a white skirt, a white shirt, a white visor, a white bag, and white car seats. And later, Roxy is wearing a sleeveless white t-shirt and white denim cutoff. And they're playing tennis, which is the whitest sport of all time. So really, it is impressed upon us that this is a white book about white people. I mean, there are no people of colour in the entire Point Horror universe, as far as I'm aware. See, I haven't read all of them, but I believe that to be true. Everyone in Point Horror is white, rich, upper middle class, and straight. Unless you're a boy from the wrong side of the tracks. Yes, where you're, you still seem to have quite a lot of money, though. Yeah, that's true. Relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we join, <laughs> we join Roxy and Ursula when they're playing tennis, like so many teenagers in the Point Horror universe spend their Saturdays playing tennis at the country club. 
Kirsty Logan, have you ever been to a country club? No. Have you ever played tennis on a Saturday in your teens? Well, yeah, weirdly, because <laughs> where I grew up, there was a tennis club at the end of the street. Um, we weren't actually members of the tennis club because you had to pay to be a member. Um, but we would sneak in there. Okay. Oh, ooh, so it was, it was breaking and entering. I mean, it wasn't locked. We just walked in there with tennis rackets looking like we were meant to be there. And I'm sure they knew that we weren't members, but like if the court was empty... They let you get I away guess with they it. just let us get away with it. Okay. So well, yeah, I did play tennis, but not in a kind of country club way, in a kind of sneaking in, looking like you were meant to be there type way. You see, we had tennis courts at the local park, but we also had um, crazy golf. Yes. So you'd always really do crazy golf, because yeah. it is much more exciting. Mm-hmm. Fun times. Anyway, we join Roxy and Ursula while they're playing tennis. And unlike Ursula... Roxy is short, boyish, and dark, which, as we know from the Point Horror universe, is fundamentally less attractive (laughs) than being slender and blonde and graceful. Of course. And Norwegian. So, we're introduced to these two characters, and they have um, an adversarial friendship, would you say? I would say they're not even friends. Why are they pretending that they're friends? Roxy keeps Ursula around to make herself look more attractive, I feel. No, the other way around, surely. Ursula well, to keeps be, Roxy around. To, uh, I think Roxy likes um, Ursula's sort of aura. And she likes oh. being in that sort of graceful oh, space. See. Like her glow will reflect off her. Yes. Okay. Off of Roxy's short, boyish, dark exterior. Yeah. Um, and we learn very early on that they like making bets. But because Ursula is more blonde, graceful, slender, <laughs> feminine... She often wins these bets. Because she's more girl. She is Maximum girl. She's more woman (laughs) than boyish Roxy. Um, I mean, obviously Roxy's not fat, though. You don't get fat people in Point Horror. There are no fat people whatsoever. She's probably athletic Mm -hmm. at best, let's say. Um, Athletic at best is quite an odd phrase to Mm. say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how is she? She's athletic Athletic. at best. Mm -hmm. Um, So these guys have a bit of a, a... frenemy ship mm. what's the word for that i don't know i feel you're too forgiving i feel like they're both the worst or maybe that's why they're friends i mean roxy is literally the worst she is the worst of all people humans ever. who have ever existed <laughs> the worst human worse than genocidal maniacs and everything i mean well <laughs> maybe not quite so <laughs> maybe not she's not hitler but she's not great <laughs> <laughs> when i die I say that about everyone <laughs> When I die, I really hope people don't say, well, she wasn't Hitler. But she, she was. But. <laughs> Could have been worse. I feel like that's a really wide playing field to be able to fall into. That's true. Anyway, both Roxy and Ursula are kind of awful because their friend Shauna, Shauna Cohn, has. What's her name? Shauna Cohn, which sounds like it should be um, a, a hair pun. pun. Yeah. Yeah. Shauna Cohn. So there's this ice cream shop around the corner from us in Glasgow. And I never understood the name of it. And one day I said to my wife, I don't understand this shop. Why is it called a wafer, a cone? And then she was like, no, say it, Glasgow, a wafer, a cone. I'm a wafer, a cone. I am away. I am going to get a cone. And I was like, oh, right. Sean a cone. Sounds like it should be a pun. Yeah. Or like, I'm showing her a cone. Like, (laughs) you got your cock out. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh no, that's awful. That's the worst. Terrible. See, it's funny that you would think a cone with a cock. Surely it's boobs. Why would Who you show a one? Shaped cone? It was a cone-shaped boob. It's not mid nineties Madonna. Yeah. Well, this know. was mid nineties, so who knows? Maybe it is meant to be a pun. As an aside, uh, my dad once told me that he'd been to he'd seen a hairdresser's called Curl Up and Die. Yeah, which I think is a great title. I've seen quite a lot of them. Very anyway, mm-hmm. these guys are awful because their friend Shauna Cohn has just broken up with her boyfriend Lee Bloom. Fucking Lee. Fucking Lee. Quite the looker, we're told. Bit of a moody bad boy, you would say. Um, Roxy admits to herself that she's always really been attracted to Lee. Even though Roxy has a boyfriend, Terry, who's kind of dumpy. Did you take dumpy from his description? I don't know... Yeah, schlubby. Schlubby. He looks, he, he looks, he sounds like he smells. Living beige, I'd say. Kind of nothingy. Oh, do you think? Because I remember the description of him. So it, um, it says about him, about Terry, her boyfriend. Um, so at one point she sees him and it says he's got unbrushed hair and a wren and stimpy, 90s, t-shirt with, quote, a long rip down one side. A long rip. No. So like not not a small rip. A the long... entire side has come so away. So I'm seeing him as like boys like I knew in the nineties, kind of like stoner boys that didn't wash their hair. That's what I'm seeing. And then the whole grunge thing happened. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm. I think that's what he's meant to be oh, like. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe he is dumpy, but I'm just seeing him as like kind of schlubby stoner. And we're also told that he's loud and brash, mm. and that he treats. Roxy like a possession, although we never really see that. He puts his arm around her once or twice and she feels it. Anyway. That's true, but she only doesn't like it when Lee is there. Exactly, because Lee is the sex symbol in this book. So... I cannot deal with Lee. We'll get to Lee. Lee is tanned, slim, and athletic, with dark, soulful eyes. Is there any other type (laughs) in the point horror world? Gotta have dark eyes. And straight black hair. Which is attractive? (laughs) Is it? I mean, it could be. Kind of. How long is it? Is it straight like it points directly upwards? (laughs) (laughs) Is it long? Who even knows? But we know he's a bad boy because he has a tiny silver ring in his ear. And a scar on his chin. An unexplained scar. Oh, where's that come from? He's been in some trouble before. And, plot point, he has a a blue and silver shark's cap that he almost never takes off. Mm. Now, I know enough about uh, male ageing to say that Lee is going to have balding problems when he's older if he wears his cap all of the time. Really? Yes, it can rub off your hair. One of my uncles went very bald because he wore his hat all the time. Or did he wear his hat because he was going bald? Well, that, uh, that's a good question I have not considered. In my family law, it's because he wore the hat. I see. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, remember that cap because okay. it's going to come up. It's the stupidest, most boring plot point of all time. Of all time. Hmm. Sharks. Also, is that a team of something? Sports ball. I assume so. Sports ball. <laughs> A catching and throwing type yes. activity. A very masculine type of sport. I don't know if it's a real team or a point horror 
multiverse team. I mean, it could be the San Jose Sharks, but that'd be quite odd. You could have just made that up. I don't know what you're Maybe doing. I have. What, what, what uh, handball hockey? sport is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's hockey sports ball. Oh. <laughs> sports puck, if you will. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, Lee has a yellow cigarette boat, which I have to say, I don't know what that is. What? No. I imagine it is a very thin boat with a motor on it. I imagined a boat made of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't flow very well. No, I mean, I don't think that's what it really was, but that is the picture that I could not shake from my mind. Also, cigarettes are expensive, and that would I be know. a real waste of them. I mean, so are boats. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> but in the point horror world, everyone has disposable income. I like that it is assumed that we the reader, the 12-year-old reader, knows what a cigarette boat is. Maybe American readers do. Maybe. And we just don't know. Anyway, they're very, very excited about this yellow cigarette boat. So Roxy and Ursula go out on a trip with him on his little boat. (laughs) His little boat. His little boat. We are going straight to the euphemisms (laughs) right now. (laughs) I feel like if you've got a boat, it's, it's very phallic. Yeah. Always. That's true. Especially if it's yellow for some reason. Bananas again, phallus. Oh, you see where I've gone around the houses with the cock reference there. I see. Um, so Roxy and Ursula go out on his boat with him, and then they decide they're going to make a bet about Lee. Now, Ursula, as we've heard, she's the more attractive one. But Roxy thinks that she can win this one. So they bet $50, which I wouldn't bet $50 now, and I'm 31 years old. Or pounds. I went to Las Vegas and could Ooh. only bet about $15 because I just was obsessed with the amount of money I was throwing away on nothing. That's true. That's like 200 pounds now. Yeah. That's a lot That's a for lot a teenager. Money. Why did they get that money? Rich. Rich what? point horror universe. Plot. Plot what? point. Plot point. Plot. That's why. Anyway, so they make a bet with each other that one of them has to go out on a date. Well, they have to race to see who can go out on a date with Lee. And, in an incredibly sexual plot point, they have to show up at school the next day wearing his shark's cap. Mm. Which is very, sort of, do you not think that's a bit risque for a point horror? I feel like this whole thing is super male and weird. Like, I'm going to do a mass generalisation here. I don't think teenage girls bet on who gets to go out with a boy first. I think that's something that teenage boys in bad Hollywood films do. Bob Stein might be pitching at the wrong audience here. I think so. I think that he's thought to himself, when I was a teenager, we used to do stuff like bet on who got to go out with what girl first. I'm going to do that, but I'm going to make it girls. And I'm like, Bob, I just don't think... People do that. I mean, listeners, if you have been a teenage girl or are currently a teenage girl who makes bets on what boy you're going to go out with or even what girl you're going to go out with, let us know because I don't fucking believe it. And also, don't do it because there are people too. So There are people, yeah. Yeah. That's shitty. It has led to my favourite bit of the book, um, which I can really relate to, uh, which is where they bet on the tennis game that they're playing and Ursula wants to bet and Roxy doesn't so Ursula says that's what I want a relaxed friendly game for five dollars and being a sort of overachiever type (laughs) I thought you like me might be able to relate to this I mean I don't bet money on things no but I also don't like to lose 
even when it's just a friendly game. And that's something I've really been working on in my life. Like, no. the Logans are not allowed to play board games. Because me and my brother are too competitive. I no longer play Monopoly with my partner because it does not end well anytime. It ends with a pool of hatred that everyone is in. <laughs> I mean, that's Monopoly, though. Monopoly is a piece of shit that makes everybody hate each other. And it's designed that way. Yeah. Yes. And it's designed to make you feel sad and greedy. <laughs> like <laughs> capitalism! <laughs> oh my god. Oh, we've gone there so soon. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, don't play Monopoly. Anybody. Don't play Monopoly. Don't bet on other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do. So, Roxy is out with her pudgy, uh, ripped shirt boyfriend, mm-hmm. Terry, who is loud and brash, and see- she sees Ursula getting into Lee's cigarette boat, not a euphemism. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or is, or it? is it? And she decides that she is not going to lose this bet. For once, she is going to win this bet. So, in an incredibly... Um, quick heel turn (laughs) she decides that she is going to cheat and she is going to cheat by breaking and entering (laughs) so like you do so uh i should say at this point ursula works in the principal's office at the Mm. school for a few hours a week doing things that aren't always that well defined because i feel like you wouldn't have a student working in the principal's office i feel like is that not a data protection thing yeah what she's doing is super 90s because what she's doing is taking the records which presumably existed only on paper, paper yeah. and is putting them into a computer i don't feel like that's gdpr compliant <laughs> we've been married in emails at this point i don't think it is either well because of this ursula knows where lee lives you could also just follow him home if you were being that kind of creepy stalker guy or you could probably just ask him ask him also, all these places are t- teeny tiny, so everyone yeah. would know, I think. I know. Anyway, Roxy decides that she's going to go to his house when he's not there, get in somehow, uh, and go upstairs, take photos. She's going to use her lockpick kit. Of course, that every teenager has. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've watched videos of that, and I don't think I could do it still. No. Lockpicking videos. It's, it's a skill I want. I mean, yeah. It would be pretty complex, otherwise everybody would do it. Yeah, then locks would be uh, redundant. Yeah, (laughs) completely redundant. Anyway, she's going to get into his house. She's going to take some pictures of his bedroom to prove that she was there even when he denies that she was. Which is a bit of a plot hole. Problematic. Because he's not in the pictures. Wouldn't it be better if he was in the pictures? Yeah, and it would still be kind of odd. Because he would still be saying, like, she wasn't, you know, that doesn't really work. Anyway, she's going to steal his shark's cap and then show up at school the next day and win the bet. But we've already been told that he doesn't take the cap off. Almost never, apart from when he's (laughs) out with his parents on a Friday night. Oh, I missed that bit. There you go. Of course, it's implied. You have to do a little bit of work, Kirsten Logan, come on. So, Roxy goes to Lee's house and no one is there and she somehow gets in. Oh, the door is open. I believe. I mean, maybe people in this place don't lock the door. Maybe America's incredibly safe. I I don't believe so. I know it's like if you are from a small town. I mean, I'm a city girl, so it seems really stupid to me, but... I think a lot of people in small towns don't lock their doors. I mean, not when they're out, though. Just no. when they're in. Yeah. I mean, I do, I'm not even saying that. 
I was going to say something stupid about my house, and I'm not going to. There we go. <laughs> my unlocked house. Here's my address. I leave my front door open. I no. have no curtains. <laughs> anyway, so Roxy goes into Lee's house when no one is there. She goes into his room. She takes some pictures. Plot point. Remember that one. It'll be significant. And then she hears that someone is in Lee's house. A man and a woman. Slash a boy and a girl. They're having an argument. A quite a violent, aggressive argument. The argument then turns into a fight. And Roxy gets scared. This is Lee and some other girl. No evidence to present that this is the case, but she believes it. So Roxy tries to think how she's going to get out of the house. She runs down the stairs, for some reason stops, and semi-accidentally takes a picture into the room where she can hear the voices coming from. Yeah, I don't really understand how that happened. And in the flash of the camera, why has she got a flash on the camera? Turn the light on. She can see blonde ringlets piled up on top of a girl's head. And then she runs from the house as she hears the fight getting physical. That's such a 90s hairdo. I spent the whole of the 90s trying to have curly hair, trying to have ringlets and failing. Really? That's all you I You tried wanted. to have ringlets? Yeah. Curling That's, iron. Yeah, I know, but I, it just doesn't hold. My hair is the straightest of straight hair. It's straighter than a point normal character. <laughs> it's so straight, it doesn't curl. Did you not have the, um, what was it called, where it made your hair, like, wavy? I did have a spiral tong. Oh. I spent a long time spiral tonging my hair, which sat very nicely for about ten minutes, and, and then, then became out. straight again. I have the same thing. Yeah, you just can't do anything with my hair. No. Anyway... The next day, guess, a girl's body is found. (gasps) Roxy knows that it was Lee. Now, fight, death. (laughs) I feel like one doesn't necessarily lead to murder. I've had arguments with people, and I have not killed them. Only rarely. (laughs) Only very rarely has that happened, and we don't talk about it. No. But Roxy is convinced that Lee killed this girl. Also, can we just chalk up another Roxy as the worst point? At no point is she like, I should probably check that this person is okay. So she overhears this boy shouting at a girl and she's like, "Mm, how can I run away? She's not like, maybe I should intervene or maybe I should call someone. And then she won't even the next day because she doesn't want people to know that she was in Lee's house. I mean, just call anonymously. That is a very good point. <laughs> there are systems in place. There are pay for exa- exactly this type of tip-off. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't want to be known as a cheat. You know, her dad's a lawyer. She should know right and wrong. Even though she clearly doesn't. <laughs> so, the next day she goes to see the girl's body. Because it's being taken from one place to another. Not covered. Just, yeah. It's unclear. It's unclear, but she's very convinced and she's very scared. So she goes to see the body and she sees that the body has... <gasps> ringlets. Blonde ringlets. <laughs> piled up on top of its head. Well, it definitely wasn't me then. <laughs> it was not you. You did not get murdered in not. 1991. I'm in happy Hodora. to say. No. Happy to say. So when she sees that it was definitely the girl who was in Lee's house, she does tell her father, who is a lawyer, because everyone in the Point Horror universe has an incredible job. Yes. Yes. Uh, There are lots of lawyer parents in these books. Yeah, lawyers and uh, 
high-flying careerists, if you will. Mm. In the book that we did uh, last time, I feel like she was an accountant. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. And the other guy was a playwright. Which are both quite nice, cushy jobs. Yeah, no one ever works at Tesco. No. Or the American equivalent. Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, these people, poor people don't exist, Kirsty. No, obviously. No, not at all. Um, anyway, being an arbiter of right and wrong, her father... <laughs> believes her immediately and does take her to the police station. And I feel at this point we should talk about the most frustrating thing about this book, which is a pointless jump scare every four pages. Every fucking chapter ends in a pointless cliffhanger. That then is totally wiped out in the next one. Mm -hmm. My favourite, of course, is the mop. Oh my god. (laughs) So, Roxy puts her hands forward and feels a corpse. Which is, in fact, a mop. Which, okay, let's think that through. An incredibly thin corpse, if she thinks it's the handle, or a corpse... I mean, I've touched a mop head. That does not feel like hair. Very thick, very wet. <laughs> Towel <laughs> Non-hair. <laughs> Stringy rope-like. Just, like, how could you mistake that? Also, put your arms out in front of you, as mm-hmm. if you were trying to find something in the dark. Mm-hmm. Are you at my hair level? <laughs> or would you have to be falling upwards to fall into someone's hair? Maybe she's tall. Maybe she's incredibly tall. She is boyish, and boys are tall. Maybe. In Mop body is universe. small. Well, because, yeah. So we've got, for example, um, her friend comes over, covered in blood! <laughs> oh no, she's just cut her hand. And then, um, they're drifting out to sea! Oh no, it's oh, no, just it's a, a joke. Yep. And then, of course, we come to this one in this chapter. The police are arresting her! No, it's just a, a joke. I mean, really? If I feel like if everyone who went into a police station was greeted by a policeman who went, I'm arresting you on murder! <laughs> 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 Society would crumble. You just can't do that. And she's a teenager. Why would you do that? That's predatory. It's weird. I don't oh, like no, it at all. It's weird. Anyway, like the sense of humour in this is really weird. Like, did you notice in the opening pages, so we've got Roxy and Ursula talking, and very frequently it says, they both laughed. Blah, 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 blah. They both laughed. And people go from laughing to solemn in a matter of seconds. So it'd be like, ha, 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 someone's dead. And I feel... (laughs) I feel like Bob Stein doesn't spend a lot of time with real human people. See, even... I agree... The emotional reactions are really weird. And I feel like that phrase, they both laughed, that's how I imagine it. It's like literally <laughs> a little clip of laughter. Like talking. Ha ha ha. Pluck. And then solemnness. Yes. Solemnity? Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. Solemnity. I'm a professional writer. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. The laughing. And I also feel like it's like he doesn't trust that we realise that it's meant to be a joke. So, you know, the characters will say something to each other and then he's like, I better clarify that they're having a joke together. They both laughed. <laughs> and you're like, you know, if it was if it was funny, you wouldn't have to have the characters laugh. Do you know because what I mean? Because you would tell. Because you would tell. Like in a comedy show, like a comedy TV show, the characters don't laugh at each other's jokes because... We see that it's a joke. Yes. And if they do laugh at each other's jokes, it just shows that the writer doesn't believe that it's funny enough. Well, I don't think that Bob Stein has a lot of faith in his readers. Mm. Because um, on page 80, we've got this nugget. 
What a gloomy day, Roxy thought. I feel like you mean a poo nugget. (laughs) (laughs) This nugget of pure shite. What a gloomy day, Roxy thought, following the curve of the road onto the low hills she knew so well. The hills that led to the area known as Hunter's Dunes. Now, as a writer and reader, Kirsty Logan, what can you tell me about that? What can you tell me about Roxy's mood there? It's a gloomy day. (laughs) What can you tell me about Roxy's mood? Is she sad? She's sad. I think most readers, even teen readers, would be able to pick this up. But no, Bob Stein follows this up with, almost as gloomy as my mood. (laughs) We understand pathetic fallacy. You teach it at GCSE. We're fine with that. It's okay. It was quiet. I think too quiet. (laughs) Scarily quiet. (laughs) So Bob doesn't think much of his readers. So where are we? She's gone to the police. Roxy is almost unerringly confident that Lee has killed someone. She's told her friends. She lives in constant fear that he is a murderer. But of course, she sees Lee. Because Lee has not been arrested. (gasps) Because Lee has an alibi. Lee was out with his parents on the night that she went into his house. (gasps) Now... This is the point at which I became really annoyed with Roxy as a character. How about you? God, I was annoyed at her on page one. I mean, she's a dick because she has broken <laughs> into someone's house to win a bet. But now she's a stupid dick. And she's kind of trying to cheat on her boyfriend who just seems like a bit boring. Yeah, I know. Why doesn't If she doesn't want to go out with him, just break up with him. Yeah, but she does lust after Lee Bloom because he is athletic and he does have an ear piercing. <sighs> He's the worst, but we'll get on to him. Maybe they deserve each other. He's another meatloaf. Oh, yeah. Isn't he? As you'll remember if you heard episode one, Mm. the the only men in the (laughs) Point Horror universe are beige, attractive people, or meatloaf. Yeah, so he's meatloaf and Terry is other. Yes, other. Meatloaf Mm. and other. Which I feel like is a really great name for like a play about meatloafs. Meatloaf and other. Meatloafs. That's Mm. difficult to say. Meatloafs. (laughs) Several meatloaves of <laughs> different varying stages. Anyway, a collective Lee's... noun for meatloaves. <laughs> the meatloaves. A, a baker's dozen a baker's of meatloaves. Dozen meatloaves. There you go. Anyway, what follows, to summarise, is an incredibly tedious book's worth of red herring jump scares and did he, didn't he obsessiveness. All she can think about is whether Lee did it or he didn't. And there's not really a lot going on in terms of plot, would you say? Yeah. It's a very thinky book. It's a very, we're very much in Roxy's head and she's not doing a lot except be terrified. And then Lee will arrive and say things like, I saw you. Chapter. I saw you walking to school this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to say this, Bob Stein. No, you can't do that. Yeah. I was raging by this point. Every You can't use that that many times. Even your teen readers will know that this is ridiculous. You know, you don't have to be a scholar of literature to know that you can't scare your readers every four pages. Because it's going to get really old. It's like, you know the scene in a horror film where something jumps out at them and they go, ah, and then it's a cat. But it's like that every Every corner. Chapter. Every single corner they turn around. Yeah, they only do the cat jump scare like once a film. You and don't even, do it every ten minutes. Even then, it's never a good bit. No. You know, it's always like, oh, that's vaguely annoying. Mm-hmm. But there are so many of these in this. Um, we find out that um, Terry, the uh, other, <laughs> non-meatloaf <laughs> other boyfriend, 
um, used to know the girl that was murdered uh, back when he was a camp counsellor. And we also learn that this is where Lee Bloom was from. It was where he got his scar. Mm. And it was where he got into a, quite a lot of trouble that he's having to work through now he's in this much nicer place. Huh. So ding, now, ding, 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 we have two suspects. Mm. I still think Terry is probably the better of the two, but mm-hmm. never mind. So we're unsure, sorry, Roxy is unsure at this point. She thought it was Lee, but Lee has an alibi. Now she thinks it's Terry. <gasps> As we know, that is your choice of man and murderer, meatloaf or other. And both potential murderers. Yes. Yes. Be a lesbian. I mean, Ursula is clearly the most attractive one. And the only one who's not even considered to be a murderer at any point in this book. That's true. Although, oh, that would have been a better ending. Is this sexist? Only the men are considered as murderers. I was thinking about this on the train today. A lot of these books are about horrible murderous men. Yeah, that's true. A few are about women. Hmm. Are they sexist? I mean, women can kill too. Women can kill just as well as men, <laughs> given the chance, given the adequate pay. Mm-hmm. Come on. Anyway, Terry sort of strangely gives Roxy a gift of a turtle that he's found on the beach. Well, she doesn't really want it, but he sort of forces it at her. I have a question about this turtle. Yes. So what he says when he gives her this turtle, he says, quote, You can keep it in that big tin pan. You know, the one you had all those snails in. <laughs> this is never returned to or explained. Why did she ever have a big tin pan full of snails to eat or pets or science project? Like, why... And she's like, oh yeah, that pan. Those snails. What? Is this because she's boyish? That she has fucking snails? Also, let me tell you, we once found a snail um, on uh, some veg that we had in our veg box. And we kept him as a pet. And we named him Rupert. And he was very tiny. And we kept him in a see-through plastic container. And he became very depressed. So we we had to let him go. How could you tell? He became very sluggish. completely naturally um anyway he was a bit slow and he wasn't really eating so we let him go i feel like if you kept snails in a tin pan that they couldn't even get light in they'd be borderline suicidal oh i'm seeing it as like a high-sided you know like if you pan for gold (laughs) you know like you do all the time why the The reference that that we all have yeah do you know why i thought about that she was panning for snails yeah maybe that's what she was doing panning for snails panning for snails i'm not imagining it like a saucepan i thought it was like a Like a high-sided, big metal pan. Oh, okay. With no lid. With no lid. I still feel like that's kind of cruel. And what happened to the snails? They would have just crawled out in that instance, Mm, surely. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. why did she have them in the first place? Where did they go? Did she eat them? Oh. Let them go? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Mm. It's never returned to. Which, again, is why I think Bob Stein, I don't know. Don't think he really understands gender. Because to me, like, that's something that if it was an eight-year-old boy, you'd be like, eh, okay, eight-year-old boys do that. Yeah. I don't know if, like, 15-year-old girls do that that much. No. It would be an unusual 15-year-old girl that had a pan of snails. (laughs) (laughs) You should make more of it, I think, in that instance. (laughs) To be honest, if any 15-year-old was having a pan pan of snails, snails, just don't do it. 
It's just weird. Just leave it alone. It's such a strange plot point. Anyway. Anyway. Roxy takes the toll because it's been forced on her, non-consensually, <laughs> by her boyfriend. And then the turtle, about half a chapter later, is smashed to death on Roxy's front porch as a warning to stop talking. Which I feel like, that is way too far. That's that is quite, unnecessary. That's very brutal. It you, really is. You'd really have to fuck up a, a turtle. You know, like, that's cruel. That's, oh, take a hammer to a turtle that that's you just imprisoned. Shit. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a murderer. I mean, well, That yeah. does make sense. But they don't seem that bothered. No. I feel like if it was my pet, if it was my little gorgeous doggy, and someone smashed my dog, Jesus, I would be absolutely devastated. Even if I'd only had her for a couple of days, like she's only had the turtle for a couple of days. Yeah. It's, she's just like, oh dear. Oh, now I'm really sad about thinking about someone smashing in Rosie. I know. Oh, let's not do it. I know. No. no. I'm not into it. Don't please don't smash no. my dog. No one, no one smash <laughs> Rosie Logan. Rosie and, Bennett Logan. Sorry, yes. Rosie Bennett Logan. <laughs> Miss, no, Ms. Rosemary Doctor. Bennett Logan. <laughs> Rosemary Lady Bennett Logan. Lady Reverend Rosemary <laughs> Bennett Logan is her official name. Lady Reverend is such a great drag queen name. That is good. Lady Reverend. Lady Reverend. Anyway, Roxy gets over this giant loss and uh, to cheer up her mood, she's taken skating. Now, Ursula, I haven't mentioned this, Ursula hurt her back and was on quite a lot of muscle relaxants. Can we also please talk about when... Ursula, she sprains her back, and like back damage ain't no laughing matter. Mm-hmm. That's serious shit. Even if you haven't broken it, like don't fuck with your back. So Shauna, their friend, calls Roxy to tell her. Roxy's response is, "Quote, and you woke me up to tell me this tragic news." She demanded sarcastically. Bitch, fuck you, Roxy. Bitch, how horrible is that? She doesn't say like, "Is she okay?" Can I do anything for her? Can I bring her some grapes and a copy of Take a Break? No. What a bitch. American Take a Break. Wow. (laughs) I want to see that. I want to see that. What what would that be? Uh, What's that thingy news about Alien Stole My Baby? I beg your pardon? (laughs) There's there's a magazine and it's always got ridiculous stories like... Oh, I, I, National Reporter or something like National that. National Enquirer. Enquirer, that's it, yeah. Um, yeah, like I had sex with Yeti or something. I've heard that about you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's not tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like these teenagers know a lot about hardcore pain, drugs and muscle relaxants. I have to say, I was quite tired and stressed while I was reading this. And when she said that, oh, those muscle relaxants were great, I was really spaced out. I was like, oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> Can I have some? <laughs> I'd love to have some incredibly relaxed muscles right now. Mm. Yeah, but also, if my wife phoned you up and said, Kirsty's hurt her back, and your response was like, did you wake me up to tell me this news? I would be like, okay, guess we're not friends. <laughs> I'm not really bothered about this, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is 9am, I would like to be asleep. To be honest, I'd be like, what's Kirsty been doing before 7am <laughs> to spring her back? Excuse me, I get up at half six. Yes, and you sit and drink coffee. You don't do anything more strenuous than that. Because no, I know true. what you're like before a coffee. I'm barely human. <laughs> Kirsty sprained her back getting a coffee this morning. Wow. That, she that new needed that coffee is, uh, so badly. Very hectic. <laughs> anyway, they all make coffee bean grinder. Because I feel like every time I say that, it's like the website. Grinder. I've yeah, been no. on grinder so hard. <laughs> See, I would think coffee bean grinder. 
Yeah. Where are you? Uh, well, yeah. Worst okay. lesbian ever. <laughs> That'd be why I'm not having much luck on Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> They're all dudes. Who knew? What? Who knew? Anyway, so they go skating, and Ursula hurts her ankle because, of course, she is a bit dopey from the muscle relaxants, and she's not strong enough. She shouldn't be out, Kirsty. She should she not be out. She shouldn't. Anyway. Terry takes Ursula home and their other friend, and they all go home together. And Roxy, who let's let's just clarify this, her pet has just been killed as a warning to her. She decides to stay to run off her attention for a couple of laps around the roller rink. This is why I'm like, she and Ursula are not friends. No, she's like, nah, take her own, whatever. Because she's interested. like, I'm not going to come with you. I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to see if she's all right. I'm just going to chill here. I need to skate around one or two more times. She's the worst. She the really is. Worst. She really is awful. And guess who shows up? Who is it? It's Lee. No. Oh Lee. my god. No. And then Lee makes a very big show of walking Roxy home. Walking, 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 chatting, chatting, chatting. Oh, we've walked past Lee Bloom's house. She thinks. <gasps> Lee, go home. Go home, Lee. But then Lee says, "We haven't walked past my house." That's not my house over there. That's Ray Metzger's house. Now, who is Ray Metzger? Ray is Terry's best friend. <gasps> Roxy then realises, somehow, that it wasn't Lee in the house that night. It was Terry. Yeah, why doesn't she think it was Ray? Ray. Because Ray and Terry spend a lot of time together. But why wouldn't she think it was Ray? It's Ray's house. And she doesn't like Ray, we're told. Yeah, so she's met him. Doesn't what? like him, but immediately thinks it was her boyfriend killing someone in someone else's house. Well, because there's only two men, though. There are only two. There are three men now. Well, no, but he doesn't count. Oh, He's not course. in the official male classification. Yes. As potential lovers or murderers, there's only ever two. Meatloaf and other. Meatloaf and other. Yes. Uh, I feel like Meatloaf and other is another <laughs> set of t-shirts that I want to get now. I'll be Meatloaf, you can be other. Oh, mean. <laughs> I feel like I'm more meat, if you will. I don't think so. Uh, I think I contain more meat inside me. (laughs) (laughs) My God, where did that come from? (laughs) I say again, worst lesbian ever. (laughs) Because you are vegan and I am fatter, therefore more meat in both senses. But I recently went to a funeral dressed as Gary Newman, so I feel like I have the meatloaf style clothes. I mean, we can have a meatloaf battle another day. Which one of us is the murderer, though? Uh, both as we ascertained oh, yeah, in the both. last yeah, podcast yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. fair enough anyway Roxy is immediately like oh no my boyfriend's a murderer murderer means I can go out with Lee Bloom <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> I can go with the man who's not the man out of the two who's not the murderer absolutely fine She so she agrees to meet Lee the next day to go on his boat after school doesn't break up with Terry because who's got the time who has got the time? Who has got the time? Could phone him. Nah. Could ring him. Phones are definitely a thing in the in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely in America. Mm-hmm. I feel like they had telecommunications devices. I think so. I feel like you even had a car phone back then. Not you, mm. personally. No, I didn't. I don't think you had a car phone <laughs> or have ever had a car phone. No. But, you know, I had a house phone. Now, very interesting plot point here. Are you being sarcastic? No, that actually does make me really like Roxy. Roxy goes to the marina. Mm. Is that a correct word, where you keep a boat? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and she goes and she's going to get in Lee's yellow cigarette boat. Lee is doing a bit of work on his boat, but he, Butterfingers, has dropped his screwdriver oh, into yeah. the water. 
Now, Roxy has a toolkit in her car. Very clever. Much cleverer than I've ever been. I have never had a toolkit in my car. Mm. I mean, how would you fix your car then? I wouldn't. I'd be, oh, okay. I'd be literally screwed, which is why it's stupid. <laughs> Not screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> However... Roxy has somewhat stupidly not put it in the boot of her car, she's put it in the glove compartment. And not only does she not go and get it, she takes Lee with her to go and get it. And also everyone knows that the glove box is for CDs and packets of Percy Pigs. And a manual that you will never read. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and every, tapes. that's all that's allowed. Old tapes. Even though Old you haven't tapes. got a tape player in your car anymore because no one does. Yeah, because where else are they going to go? Yeah, you, just, you can't throw them away. They're tapes. Mm-hmm. They're cold. So Lee opens the glove compartment, and what falls out? Tapes. The photos. Percy Pigs. <laughs> Percy Pigs, tapes, and the photos of Lee's room that Roxy took, and for some reason stowed in the glove compartment of her car. Mm, and Lee, yeah. being a very clever person, says, why have you got pictures of my room? <gasps> It was Lee's room. It's not Ray's It room. was Lee's house. It was a lie. A very easily verifiable lie, given that she's got a friend who works in the principal's office where they keep all the records, but she never thought to look. No. Never thought to look. So now she's with Lee, the murderer, and he has a screwdriver. So Lee, what I love about Point Horror is that when someone's found out to be a criminal, they admit it immediately and tell you all the information. So he's like, then I thought I could scare you away. And then I thought I could trick you. Now I'm going to have to kill you. So with his screwdriver, he forces Roxy onto his yellow cigarette boat. And he goes out with her on a ride so he can dump her body out at sea. Never confirms how he's going to kill her. Hmm. But he did beat the other girl to death. He has got a screwdriver. He is. But he's very skinny. How would he beat someone to death? I don't know. With the screwdriver handle, I suppose. Or stab her. Stabbing. Stabbing's a big step up from beating. It is. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he murders quite easily. Do we know why he murdered in the first place? No, I don't think we find out why he's like this. Killer motivations are very thin on the ground. (laughs) Very thin in the air. (laughs) That was an Eddie Hazard quote, but no one will know about it. I didn't know that. (laughs) So they go out in his boat. And Roxy, having some agency for the first time properly, <laughs> dives into the water. <gasps> She's going to... Oh! Someone's been stabbed. Terry! Yes! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Completely See, we, forgot about this bit. we forgot about Terry. Because Terry is so forgettable. He's so forgettable. Terry, Terry has showed up, but then he's been stabbed in the neck. Stabbed in the neck with a screwdriver. Remember this, because I'm making a point about it in a second. That's full on. So she thinks, oh my god, I have to save Terry, who I have hitherto been that bothered about Mm. to be cheating on him Mm. okay okay so they go out and she jumps off the boat and then lee tries to run her over with his boat and then she thinks she's died remember this bit yeah she is like oh there's some sun and water (laughs) i'm dead no 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 plot reasons anyway plot then the police show up because ursula being a good friend knew that this was going to happen and has called the police because she knew that was Lee's house. <laughs> it was not Ray Metzger's house, so Terry was not a murderer and she was going to go out on the boat with Lee, the real killer. There's another example. So she's in the office and Ursula's like, I really have to talk to you. No, I really, really have to talk to you. And then she's like, mm, okay, 
And then Ursula gets distracted and then she's just like, Bye. See you later. I just feel like, see when people have got important things to say. Just, why didn't Ursula just go, oh, hang on a sec? Yeah. Oh, why didn't she just say, wait, no, it's just this. Or just, like, the time that it took her to say, I have to talk to you. No, I really have to talk to you. No, 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 I really have to talk to you. She could have just said, Lisa Murderer, it's house. his house. You could have said all those things. Could have just said it. Could have just Take said like it. Take, like, a minute. It's not hard. I know. Anyway. The end. Terry forgives her. Ursula forgives her for being a dick. Lee is arrested by the police. And she grabs the cap. She has won the bet. Because she has ended up with the shark's cap. And that's the most important thing in the whole novel. So I've noticed this about R.L. Stein books, right? They all end on a quip. A little quip at the end, which, I'm going to be quite frank, makes them all sound like sociopaths. Because he's been fucking stabbed in the neck with a screwdriver. But he's dead. He's fine. person was still murdered and they're like well i know people have been murdered and i just nearly died but hey quippy quip 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 also i feel like so crazy i feel like stabbing someone in the neck with a screwdriver is not something you can really come back from i mean unless it was like a little like to fix your glasses type like the ones you get in a christmas cracker (laughs) yeah tiny screwdriver (laughs) so the toolkit was a grandiose term really it was a christmas cracker so Anyway, Terry's fine. Essentially, it was all fine. Now, Kirsty Logan, how did you feel about this book? I only read it a couple of days ago and I basically forgot it instantly. Because most of the book is given over to doing the jump scares that are mm-hmm. complete red herrings. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do feel like... I've read a few R.L. Stein books by this point and I do feel like he's got a bit of a Mad Lib situation going on that it's like a write by numbers kind of thing. Like he's got a little structure mm-hmm. and he just plugs in different names and locations, slightly different jump scares and a quip at the end. As you saw in my uh, bright pink post-it note on the front of this book, I think he's phoning it in. But they're the all words. like that. It's not like he's got the good books and then the filler books. Like they're all like that. Were Goosebumps books like that as well? I think so. I don't really like Goosebumps. But he did the Goosebumps too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right, but I don't... I don't remember ever being, like, super surprised no. by how a Goosebumps book went. No. I... It seemed like it was so ridiculous, this point. Like, there were so many of them that it got in the way of anything else. It got in the way of character, it got in the way of plot, it got in the way of literally everything. It was just... Oh, you should be scared of this. Oh, you've been stabbed in the neck. Oh, no, it's just someone touching you. <laughs> or, like, he grabs, he goes out to grab her necklace and then her uh, throat, and then he says, Oh, you've got a nice necklace. And, like, so I come actually on. thought that bit was quite good. So, there was, like, one good bit in this whole book. One bit that I thought was actually kind of creepy, which is when Lee is talking about her necklace and he, like, gets too close to her, too close up in her face, and he, like, touches her necklace and then he says, Oh, it's really delicate, isn't it? And goes to, like, break her necklace. And I thought, actually, that's pretty creepy. That is a good threat. That's the only creepy or interesting bit in the whole book. Yes. I also want to say, I've dated some people that I didn't have a lot of respect for and didn't really like that much. But you couldn't ever have convinced me that they were a murderer (laughs) with (laughs) scant evidence and half an hour to spare. Do you know what I mean? I never would have thought, no, they've definitely killed someone. They're very quick to believe. Like, even if someone... 
you know, another teacher at Annie's school was murdered, I wouldn't be like, God, it must be Annie. It must be Annie or Annie this, like, this one other person. Yeah. That's the only two options. Is Annie Meatloaf or other in this instance? I think she's Meatloaf. <laughs> she's 100% Meatloaf. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Annie. Oh, I'm, congratulations, I'm Annie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm other, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be Meatloaf one day. One day I'll be Meatloaf. You can be Meatloafs together. Okay. Um... Do we have any uh, very American things in this book? So there was one bit that jumped out at me, which is at one point they're eating chicken, fried chicken, and the character says, would you like a biscuit? And I assume... Hobnob. It doesn't mean a hobnob. Yeah. It doesn't mean a Jaffa cake. No. Which, oh, I know that's a cake. Yeah, it doesn't mean a hobnob. It doesn't mean a blue riband. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't mean a Viennese world. (laughs) So, this was a skill I didn't know you had, being able to pull out the most ridiculous biscuit. I ah. don't know why they popped into my head. <laughs> ridiculous biscuit is my yes, bad name. Yes, thank you. That's a very tough sentence to say. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, I don't know. I've heard a biscuit in America. It's a bit like a scone. It like is. Not a fruit scone. No. Like it's a savoury savory scone. Yeah. Which sounds gross. Kind of like a really um, hard dumpling, almost. Like, it's not... They're like very thick bread. You usually have them with gravy. Like a dough ball, like a bready dough No, ball. it is more like a scone, but they're just not sweet at all. They're okay. just very savoury, heavy things that you put gravy over. Okay. It's one of those American meals I don't really understand. I don't really understand either. Yeah. I'm always fascinated by grits. I don't know what grits is. It's like a savoury porridge. But yeah, like, I've had sounds weird. it, them. And I didn't enjoy it or them, particularly. <laughs> How dare you misgender those grits? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, how about fashion? How about 90s fashion choices? I didn't notice any. Apart from all the white. Oh, yeah, the very white. With the white car. Like, I do think that's a bold choice. A white t-shirt and white denim cut-offs. Like, yeah. I don't wear white ever. I'm going to get it grubby. I'm going to spill sauce on it. Yeah, I'm terrible for that. I will get tomato. I, I won't even have to eat a tomato and I will get it down my white shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you just spill your coffee or the... Yeah. I don't know. Like it's a, a stupid choice. idea. Don't do it. Well, it's stupid. I, there was quite a few 90s things I liked. Like at one point, there's a Walkman and cassettes. Um, also, well, actually, this is a fashion thing. Weird obsession with cut-off jeans. For oh. both genders wear cut-off jeans. Oh, I didn't notice that. Don't it's because I, I wear cut-off jeans all the time. <laughs> Do you? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had cut-off jeans. I probably have, to like, be honest with you. jeans? I mean, I guess this is a hot place and we live in Scotland. So. True, yeah. The baking Scotland heat <laughs> does not give over to cut-off jeans. No. I don't know whether it comes under fashion, but um, Lee smells like cinnamon. Hmm. Is that an attractive thing. smell? <laughs> I mean, if it's a bun. I still wouldn't want to fuck it. No. I mean, I do really enjoy cinnamon buns. But, but to eat, not to be attracted to And by. why would a teenage boy smell of cinnamon? That's like a thing a middle-aged woman has in a candle or a baker has maybe, ingrained in skin. Maybe he goes to Lush a lot. I think he definitely went to Lush in America in 1904. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like cinnamon, just too odd, too strange. That is weird, isn't why it? Why would you pick that, Bob Stein? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not into it. This is why I think he's gender swapped the whole thing because it would be more likely that a female would smell like cinnamon. I think you're being very gender essentialist there. I think I am. I would never smell of cinnamon. I would smell of cinnamon all the time. I cook loads. But you would be more likely to choose 
something that smelled cinnamony than David would. Mm. Do you think? I don't know. You've... But then you're not the most gender conformist people. Maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> David bathes in cinnamon. Yeah. Oh well. Rubs it on. <laughs> I mean, it's nice. Okay. So how about our top trumps? Yes, our um, top trumps for the witness. Too stupid to live heroin. <laughs> I don't know if she's stupid. I'd say she's shallow and petty. Mm. She's, I mean, not, she's not smart. She's not vapid, though, like no. a lot of them. She's kind of just awful. Scheming. Doesn't really give a fuck about other people. Is a bit of a cheat and a liar and very obsessed with herself and what she thinks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she's too stupid to live. No. She's too shallow to like, though. Yeah, we probably know a Roxy. Mm, unfortunately. I don't know what you think. Oh, maybe. Well, maybe. I can make a one. <laughs> yeah. Well. So she's not too stupid to live. How about sexy bad boys, sociopath? <laughs> okay, so I need to talk about Lee. So, very early on in the book, um, when we first are told about Lee, although we haven't met him yet, Roxy says... Um, I'd like to see his temper tantrums, Roxy thought wistfully. I'd like to see his temper tantrums. I cannot think of a less attractive thing that a person could do than an adult having a temper tantrum. Because a temper tantrum is not, he's very angry, it's, I don't like it. (laughs) That's a temper tantrum. Like lying on the floor, kicking your feet. I want that one. My nephew has temper tantrums because his dad tells him not to do a thing. And he's five, though. Yeah, he's five. It's not... That's not an, a thing you want a teenage boy to be doing. No. No. Does this fall under the broad umbrella of um, he loves you, that's why he hits you? Which is an issue we have mm. with point horror. Yeah, it is a bit like that, isn't They're it? They're dicks to you because they like you. Or... And you want them to hurt you because you like them. God, that's Which is awful. very 90s gender relation stuff. I mean, the gender lessons in point horrors are never amazing no this one i think is particularly bad because she's a scheming liar and he's a sociopath yeah. <laughs> a murderer an actual yeah, murderer he's an actual murderer also <laughs> some of his attempts to be threatening i don't know if they really work so here's one that stuck out for me see you later he repeated speaking each word slowly and deliberately so this is the second time he said it so let's imagine i'm lee that's what i'm doing we've just had a conversation see you later See you later. <laughs> like, was that scary? I just Come think on. you have maybe lost your hearing and couldn't hear it the first time, or yeah, because you'd be like, yeah, I heard you. Yeah, right. I get it. Yeah. Also, see you later. Yeah, Bye. Thank, thank, Bye now. Get, get, get away from me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm, I'm Same not thing. Sure about that. This is Bob Stein issue with real human emotion again. Yeah. Is do you think he's an alien? I think he's a bot. Steinbot. Before. <laughs> Bobbit Stein. Bob oh my god, it's a clue. <laughs> Robot Stein. <laughs> oh my god, we solved it. We own Point Horror now. Um, Death Toll. We only have one. Well, there's one or two if you include the turtle, which I really oh. feel for that turtle. That was not fair. He or she has done absolutely nothing wrong at oh. all. He or she was just going about his or her business on the beach, having a lovely turtle life. And you know what? They live for a long time if you don't mm-hmm. smash them in. I'm, I'm very upset about this. I'm quite upset by the turtle. Then let's include him or her. Death Toll yeah. 2. One yeah. and a half, maybe, because it's small. Yeah. 
Um, is that it... doesn't mean you can kill a short person and it's not as bad as if you kill a tall person. Is that not how the law works? <laughs> it's about body mass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't why I dropped out of law school. I didn't understand, didn't understand the sentencing procedures. Um, is it good though? No. One. It gets one out of five. One? One out of five? That's and brutal. On like, level of genuinely good, it gets one out of five. I would agree because um, I'm so annoyed. I needed a mouthful of gin to even (laughs) consider this. Um, Now we've given away that we're a little bit drunk. Oh, (laughs) no. Yeah, I was very annoyed by this book because I feel like it started off well. There there were a couple of really funny things and then he just phoned it in. You know what it is? It's a week before deadline book. Yeah. He signed a deal for 350,000 books or whatever it is that he's written and this is his last one. I was very annoyed. I think I'm agreeing with you. And also, I know it's a weird thing, in my paperback copy of this, the title at the top of all the pages is actually, I saw you that night, exclamation mark. So I feel like he called the book, I saw saw you you that that night. night. Well, it's exclamation, I saw you that night! I saw you that night! (laughs) (laughs) So that's what he's called it. On his Word document, or Word Star. What did you have in the 90s? Word Star? I had Word Star in the 90s. I don't even know what that is. I had a pen and paper. Well, you know, we were early adopters in <laughs> technology. I remember WordStar. I remember typing stories in WordStar. Whatever he had, he's called it I Saw You That Night, and they've changed it to The Witness, but, like, Which is forgotten. Better. I hate them both. Yeah, they're terrible. I mean, the whole book is awful. The whole book should not have been made, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. I do feel like also, and this came up earlier, when we're talking about, like, an overarching title for R.L. Stein's books, you know, sometimes they're called Goosebumps, sometimes they're called Point Horror. They sh- the series should actually be called Horrible Rich People. Yes. Because all of his books are about horrible rich people. Playing tennis, often. Yeah. With parents who aren't really good parents. That's quite a long series title. Yeah, we'll have to uh, <laughs> use the initials. Yeah. It'll be something like... Is it good, bad, though? I mean, I enjoyed... <laughs> being confused about the snail pan. pan of snails. <laughs> um, I mean, it is kind of good, bad, actually. It's a fun hate read. Because some stuff is like, it's not really good, but it's not really bad enough to be a hate read. Whereas this, like, you could hate read this. Oh, you see, I think I was just annoyed. Too annoyed to appreciate its badness. Hmm. Because I couldn't get into a rhythm with it. I was just like, stop trying to scare me every four pages. I would give it... A one out of five for good and a two out of five for good bad. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, so it's pretty low. Would you recommend it to a friend? I mean, if it's literally like read this or scratch your initials into the wall with a pen knife, I'm imagining you're in jail for some reason. (laughs) If you're in prison, feel free to read this book. (laughs) If you have literally nothing else to read, it's like this or the back of a cereal box. Maybe read the cereal box first and then read this. And I will say it is a great example of what not to do if you're a writer. I would give Mm. this to a class and say, don't write like this. Everything in here, do the opposite. Yeah, don't, just don't do any of this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then we don't like it. I'm sorry, Bob. I know you're a superstar. We're not into it. We did not like it. I mean, Bob, we'll give you another chance. We'll be discussing your other books, but this one, not a winner. No, we're not starting off on a good foot. So, that was 
The Witness. Or possibly I Saw What You Did <laughs> by R.L. Stein. Bob Stein. Bob Stein. And next time, what will we be doing, Heather? We will be reading The Perfume by Caroline B. Cooney. So if you would like to read along with us, get a copy of that and dig into it straight away. And you can join in the conversation if you, maybe if you even remember reading this as a kid, or maybe you've reread it recently, um, join us on Twitter, we're at Teenage Scream underscore, and on Instagram, we're at Teenage Scream Pod, and also if you like the podcast, please do subscribe and leave us a little review, we would absolutely love that. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye, Kirsty. Bye, Heather. (laughs) 